Um, There's the outtake for the no. start. Right, well, Wasn't that Delia Smith said less of it, didn't she, at the start of a Norwich yeah. game? Norwich, yes. At yeah. a football game, and yeah. she got nothing Let's but... Let's be happy, you! Let's be happy, yeah! Who's with me? That's like when you're in the club, Justin, you go, Oggy, Oggy, Oggy! Nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Adrian going, Oi, oi, oi! You suck, bro! All right, you might as well just lead, lead in. All right, let's go. Yes, episode three, season one of the Gas Mark 10 Food and Culture Podcast. We are back. My name is Adrian Dixon, one half of the Dixon Brothers. To my left is Justin Dixon, aka Grill Lord 9 Million. (laughs) (laughs) It's not getting any better, bro. Let it out, let it out. Because what was it, Beer Gang before? That (laughs) was terrible. Um, It was Dent 360, I think. Yeah, that was it. (laughs) Chest out, summer 2019. That's right. Um, pectorals, pectorals all the way, son. And um, in front of us, as always, we, we like to call the talent of the podcast, Mr. Chef Michael Paul, clap it up in the studio. How you doing? Doing all good? Yeah, everything's great. Everything's great. Lovely. Just you all good, mate? I'm all good, my friend. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. First of all, I want to say thank you to everyone that has checked out the Gas Mark 10 podcast so far on Spotify and iTunes and all that good stuff. Safe by my dad, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma and granddad are really feeling it, though, for real. Loving it. Um, Feedback's been really good. Uh, a lot of feedback on the last episode mm. a lot of people liking that El Bully story yeah. a lot of people talking Great. about that man like he really set a situation and everyone was as heartbroken as we had Justin we were like it's always close. Uh, it was really nice to get it out as well. I was, it was gutted. Great. I was yeah, gutted. It was, that was an amazing story. And also, massive shouts to uh, Rudy J, who is now fully signed up to the green Tabasco sauce. Yes, indeed. That Tabasco sauce is, yeah, it's, it's levels. It's, it's levels. It's levels. It's levels. I didn't know. I didn't either, but it's on everything now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cornflakes, coffee, <laughs> whatever it is. Milk. Yeah, it's like, going in. I hate that green bottle soon. <laughs> never. never. <laughs> Absolutely never. So, yeah, thank you once again for everyone that's been listening. Keep streaming it, subscribe, let us know what you think. Sharing it. Sharing it amongst your peoples. We are absolutely loving it. But today, today, it's a little bit different, a little bit more busy in the studio. Oh, no. I feel the presence. Mm, I feel the presence. Indeed. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be uh, like, let's not mess around we've got our first guest of the indeed indeed shall I take it from here uh, no no okay. yet because hold your corner alright oh, my friend because I've got some quotes alright I went onto Google yeah yeah I typed it in you know is that you Angela Lansbury are you? I am okay. me like Columbo but <laughs> peeling the egg and everything <laughs> the quotes about uh, how can I, how can this I say this establishment this, the representative of this establishment some might say the managing director. That's right. Put some respect on his name. The, <laughs> the best steak we have ever eaten from Esquire. <laughs> Flawless. The best steak you'll find anywhere. The meat had a depth of flavour that was almost tear-jerking. The Times. <laughs> a meat-eater's paradise. An homage. A what? You heard me, bub. <laughs> I've been practicing that word for a minute. I was like, you don't get... It's not homage. It's an homage to top quality British beef, yet it's more than just another steakhouse. Who was that from? Time out. Hmm. 
Welcome to the Gasmart 10 podcast, the managing director of one of our favourite restaurants. Indeed. Hawksmoor. Justin, you can take it from here, sir. This man goes by the name of Tim Gould. Clap it up. Clap it up. Welcome to Gasmart 10, Tim. How are you doing, sir? All good, mate. All good. <laughs> Happy to be here. Good, yeah, good, 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 good. Uh, the history between yourself and uh, Justin goes back a little bit. Uh, mm. Justin... How do you know Tim? How do you make your phone book, man? All right. So, Tim and I went to the same university back in 19... 19- mm. um, and we were part of a crew. Um, really good group of friends, about 30 deep. And within that 30 crew, uh, thirty man, 30 person crew, there were about 10 DJs, of which one of them was Tim Gould. Tim was not just a good dude, but he was a sick... Probably still is a sick DJ. So one night we were up at um, one of the halls of residence... I'm literally just standing there giving him the Care Bear stare. You're like, how are you, how are you doing this? <laughs> like, I was like, I need to be friends with this dude. He's dangerous. <laughs> I don't need to get, go to a club and have him turn up after me and smoke me out the dance. So yeah, I was like, I like him. We're on the same sort of vibe. He's got some sick skills. I'm going to be his friend. Good intro. Cheers, it was, it was good, isn't it? I'm going to put loads of reverb on it. It's going to be air. Air bomb. Westwood bombs in the background. It's going to be good. Um, you know, the Hawksmoor, we know it very well. Um, you've had us down there a few times to eat. Uh, thank you very much for that. But for those that don't know about the Hawksmoor, could you break it down a little bit for the, uh, the fans? Yeah, man. So Hawksmoor is, is a steakhouse, essentially. It started in 2006, um, really kind of built primarily around sourcing the best quality meat available in this country, but also kind of not just about quality, but about animal welfare, um, which we believe is is not just important, obviously, from a kind of animal welfare point of view, but also that that genuinely produces the best meat out there. Um, so first and foremost, you know, it was about the beef. Um, we opened in a, a Turkish restaurant really? and inherited uh, a Turkish grill. Um, and really just kind of by chance, um, we loaded that bad boy with charcoal <laughs> and, uh, and cooked up some steaks. And, you know, it turned out to be like the best bit of kit we've ever cooked steaks on and we've replicated that grill in every other restaurant we've ever opened from there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I guess kind of like aside from that, there's always been a really big focus on cocktails. That's been like yep. a big thing for us. Amazing wine, um, but also just kind of providing like an amazing atmosphere, um, amazingly well-designed restaurants just like so that you can walk in you can kind of forget the world outside you can relax um and just get stuck in man you know i think like people people come into hawksmoor knowing and, and knowing and they leave no they, they leave bilious and generally they also leave pretty drunk as well you know so it's kind of like it's a pretty special place i think you know we've you know, we listen a lot to our customers and we've got so many regular customers who kind of genuinely love going there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's kind of, that's Hawksmoor, really. Well, I can definitely kind of back Tim up on that because when you do go to a Hawksmoor restaurant, it is a fully immersive experience. From the minute you walk in, you kind of are kind of almost siloed off from the rest of the world. And you go into almost like a slightly retro kind of New Yorky kind of, I don't know, kind of a it's Chesterfield a kind of vibe. It's... it's, it's definitely a kind of a, there's definitely an atmosphere that is created all around the food and the, the cocktails are 
absolutely amazing. I mean, I have to give a massive dap to the, the bartending crew at the Hawksmoor. Their old fashions are not to be played with. <laughs> Because they will play you. Yeah. <laughs> you. You've left sideways a few times. I remember the last time that we went there, we're like, yo, we've got a DJ in an hour. Justin's like, more drinks! More drinks! <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not drunk, you're, you're drunk, drunk. Adrian. <laughs> that wasn't your finest set at all, no. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, so with the Hawksmoor, what's your role within the company? What do you do there? So I've, you know, I started in 2006, so just after the first restaurant opened. Like, my background at that point was really around cocktails mainly but very quickly I kind of went into the restaurant side of it more um, ran the first restaurant um, kind of from then on opened the the second third restaurant sort of as a general manager uh, did all the wine buying for Hawksmoor as well for like five or six years oh, wow. um, and then kind of moved into like more of a operations role so I was operations director for five or six years and then I've been managing director for the last few years, which um, really is kind of responsibility for everything that happens in the restaurants, you know, Sick. so that kind of, you know, is not just the kind of operations and finance, but also the bit that I really love, like the supply chain and the product and, you know, that's kind of where where my passion lies, but I think kind of also for Hawksmoor and, and what really sets it aside for me is the people side of it as well. Mm. I think that's just an amazing culture in the business. Um, we've been uh, voted one of the best companies to work for yeah. in any industry for like eight years running in Sick. Sunday Times Best, wow. best Companies Great. as voted for by our staff. And I think that kind of goes back to like, you know, when I first started in 2006 and like, you know, it was... You go. You spend a lot of time at work, and at, yeah, at that time, for me, I was spending like 70, 80 hours at work. You know, doing doing the hard. Are no, you were putting it in? Definitely, <laughs> I remember seeing yards. you, man. Uh, it's so different now. You know, people are doing like 40, 45 hours a week as standard. Um, but you know, if you're spending that long at work, you just want to make sure that you surround yourself with some wicked people. You know, and suddenly, like work becomes, you know, almost like a night out or like a day out. And, you know, that kind of spawned this amazing culture that I think we've got in the business where people just love coming to work and they're really proud of what they do. It's yeah, something that um, Michael Paul said in the first episode, I think it was. He used a, uh, a term, he said it's the culture of food. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I'm picking up that you're, you're very, you're honed in on that. It shouldn't, it's not just about just getting these dishes in, out, and then turning over the tables. It's we want everyone to really feel what we do at Hawksmoor, what the brand is, what we stand for. Yeah, it is, it is that first bit as well, right? I'm getting the dishes out. Turning over the tables. Gavin, Gavin, get the dish out quick. She could have complained a minute. She's probably... Don't get me wrong, Gavin. Gavin needs to get that food out pretty down quickly. You know, it's, 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 and, and that's because it's a tough business, right? Like, it is. You know, it's... it's it's a it's an incredibly like expensive business to run, you know, and you know we're we're lucky in that we've got an established brand and we've got like fifteen thousand people coming through the restaurants every week. Wow, you know, and you know you have to get extremely good at uh, knocking out food <laughs> <laughs> quick time, basically, you know, and you know that's and that quality of, as well. Yeah, no, and yeah, I think that's kind of one of the things at, at Hawksmoor is that you know there's there's not many restaurant companies that do the quality that we do in the volume that we do you know it's a tough thing and, and and not only that we're cooking on 
uh, on charcoal as well, you know, and charcoal is is a really difficult thing to cook on, you know, especially when you're knocking out like three, four, five hundred steaks a night and you've got to cook every one to the perfect temperature. You know, that grill is, every spot on that grill is a different temperature, uh, you know, every single minute of the night, you know. Those guys that do that job are... Uh, unbelievably talented man and of course it's it's hot as well, <laughs> as well. tell us about um like the chef's journey at Hawksmoor. do they have to go through some sort of like training to learn how to cook beef properly like to your standards yeah man so you know we've we we were lucky kind of quite early on we got a guy called richard turner on board and he's like you know he really is like one of the sort of leading you know leading chefs leading experts on meat um, and he he came on board. It was quite funny actually. He kind of he came into the into the restaurant. It was like kind of two years in, I think. And he'd had he'd ordered a steak once, and we we got it wrong. Uh, he, he, he ordered it twice, and and we got it wrong again. Okay. We were like, "Whoa!" Fool me once, we, <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, we, we, you know, we we weren't back then. We were. It was a bit hit and miss. You know, still yeah. learning. Yeah. yeah, we were still learning. And uh, and I remember we just gave him a steak in a brown bag and said, you know, you take that home and cook it yourself. Um, <laughs> you, you, you cook it the way you want it. Keep you on, cook Richard. It, wow. yeah. You, you <laughs> cook on. it the way you want it. You know, wow. We just, and, and, uh, what, what, uh, do you remember uh, what cut you gave him? Sirloin. Yeah. He was a big sirloin fan. Okay. And he just came back the next day and he was just like, listen, I've come here so many times. I love this restaurant. And, you know, not only do I love it, but like you guys seem sound and, mm. you know, that's like some of the best customer service I've had. And uh, and he he sort of offered his services to us. And, uh, you know, he was like a very esteemed chef at the time. Yeah, yeah. And that came as like a wow. bit of a surprise to yeah. us. But And he came on board and, you know, he's he really kind of taught us how to like properly cook steaks on a charcoal grill and, you know, like real attention to seasoning and resting, but also kind of the storage and the butchery elements. Uh, and actually, more recently, we've really kind of drawn that up into like a proper like uh, training guide for chefs, you know, so people can't really get anywhere near that grill until they've kind of gone through this like rigorous training program. Yeah. Um, just so, you know, it's, it's... Is that the Jospa or is that a, like an open grill? So we've, we've, got, we've got both in most of our restaurants. Actually, in the original restaurant, we've just got this like open Turkish grill, yeah. charcoal grill. Um, but we installed Jospers from our second restaurant onwards. Yeah, yeah. So kind of we do like smaller cuts, individual cuts, but we also do like big cuts as well. So kind of it, the Turkish grill is great for like sealing the steaks and getting the color on them, but the Josper is great for just like shoving in big cuts and just closing that door. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie. For, I don't know what a Josper is. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. let's yeah. explain, like, explain, explain it. Let's explain I kept, it. I kept nodding like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No idea. Please, gentlemen, what is a Josper? It's a, it's a Spanish brand, so mm -hmm. Hosper. Hosper. Uh, and uh, okay. it is, you know, kind Get of... Out. Sorry. <laughs> where, where, when I say Turkish grill, I just mean like a, a charcoal grill that is open. So a yeah. bit more mm -hmm. like a like a barbecue, barbecue. basically. Whereas uh, a Josper, 
um, is more like an oven, really. It's it's a you pull a big door down, you load it full of charcoal, yeah. you close that door, it goes up to like 350, 400 degrees. Yeah. It is hot. Serious you business. Know, it's serious business. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, and it's, it's hard to cook on. You know, the great thing about an open grill is you can see the steaks. Yeah. And you can see how they're cooking. Because you can't see it, how, you just know by the training that yeah, you have Yeah, exactly. You know, and you just, you just got to put the steaks in and close that door. And, you know, like I say, I mean, cooking like four or 500 steaks on point, That's perfect nuts. temperature every time, you know, which happens at Hawksmoor all the time. It's pretty crazy, like, when you think about it. Yeah, that's and sick. The temptation is when you've cooked a good steak, yeah, is to just get it off the grill and get it in your belly yeah, as fast as you it. can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's important, I learned from Michael, that it's so important to rest uh, the, the beef or the meat afterwards. Why is that? I think, I mean, resting is a massive part of, like, producing good quality sort of meat, you know, that, that eats really well. Mm. Um, I think kind of, if you'd imagine like, you know, you're cooking meat at a really high temperature, that meat kind of contracts, it gets really, yep. really tense, you know. And, and, and it's, it's interesting because kind of in America, the kind of the cooking technique in America is to cook over a really, really high heat in like broilers, boiling, yeah, yeah, yeah on, on gas, um, and just get the meat out as quickly as possible. And in a way, that kind of suits, like, you know, the kind of beef they have in the US. But the kind of beef that we have in the UK really benefits from resting. I mean, any meat benefits from resting. I think kind of, as, as a general rule, if you rest your meat for as long as you cook your meat, that's a pretty good rule to follow. Okay. You know, even if you're, like, resting, even if you're cooking something on a Sunday, you're doing a roast... It's taking you like 90 minutes, you know. The longer you rest that, just the better it's going to get. Wow. And you'd be amazed at like how much the flavor profile of something changes. You know, if you take that straight off a grill, you know, it's good in that it's hot, but it's it's tight, you know. And as soon as you cut into that, what quite often happens is all the juices run, run out. straight yeah, yeah, run out. out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whereas if you rest it, the meat relaxes all of those juices get locked into the meat. Um, and, you know, just even if you sort of come into a Hawksmoor and have a steak, you know, that steak will taste completely different from your first bite to 10, 15 Truth. minutes later. I can absolutely when you to that. revisit it. 100%. So, yeah, resting is like super important. So important. I mean, I, I think the best way to describe with chefs is like, imagine if you went on a grill, you're going to tense up. <laughs> uh, all right, so, so you've talked about steak. I'd never tried bone marrow until I went to Horsemore. Right. I feel kind of bougie just saying that. But, <laughs> yeah, you say, know. say it again, though. It felt good, though, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did yeah. really feel good. Yeah, bone yeah, marrow. Bone marrow. <laughs> but that was incredible. Yeah. Like, certain things are just, uh, you're kind of caught up in the whole kind of ambience of the, the venue and you just think, you know what, I'm going to try some of this stuff. Just like you said, Michael, it does open you up. Yeah. So you wouldn't ordinarily just go down one route, but then you're like, nah, you know what, I'm No, here. they've got a great selection on it. It really, you know, you're almost enticed into touching something or yeah, eating yeah. something that you like, you maybe not had before. Even on the breakfast, the bone marrow, and then it was like, I think we had like a stuffed tomato with mushrooms. And I just remember there was just like gammon steaks and steaks. Oh, it was just, it was crazy. We have a, um, we have a listener question that's been sent in for you from a Darren Thompson. And his question goes... 
The magic of Hawksmoor has to be the sides that accompany the meat choices. What goes into making sure your side selections stand out? And can we expect any new ones that may make an appearance in upcoming menus? Good question. Ooh, good question. Nice one, Darren. Love that one. So I think, you know, we've obviously talked a lot about steak, but, you know, it's, I think, something that we really wanted to focus on from early on was everything else around the steak. You know, it's so important. First and foremost, just get that bit right. But all the other bits are so important. We've done a lot of customer work recently, actually. And, you know, people get really passionate about sides and sauces and starters and all that kind of thing. So, you know, sides are incredibly important. And I think kind of, you know, we've, we've taken a lot of influence from like New York, kind of arguably like the home of the steakhouse. You know, we've taken dishes like cream spinach and macaroni cheese and chips, you know, simple things. Triple cooked. Triple cooked, indeed. And and really, Mm. I think like our kind of, with our ethos with every dish is just to make the best possible version of that dish that we possibly can, you know. And, And it's crazy, like, you know, the attention to detail... You know, take something like cream spinach. We've been developing that recipe for, you know, for like 12, 13 years. And now you, you go somewhere and I remember we went to Great Queen Street once and they were putting like nutmeg and anchovies into their cream spinach. And we were like, yeah, man, we'll, we'll yeah, take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'll have that. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, you know, and, you know, we're just constantly just kind of pushing it. You know, it's not just like landing on a recipe and then just that becomes the recipe forever it's just you're just constantly pushing it and just working out ways you can make things better you know and that's why kind of you know i think the sides are, are so good you know that level of like care has gone into all of it you know mm. and and chips is is a is a massive one how do you triple cook a chip Triple cook a chip. Yeah. Okay, good question. So you bang it in the microwave three times, no? <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Thri- thrice cooked microchips. That's yes, good. Uh, see? I know what I'm good. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, you, we, uh, you take, obviously you're getting like really good quality potatoes. Um, you are, we're peeling them, we're chipping them, uh, and then we are either blanching them or ideally steaming them. So they just go on trays, we pass them through steam ovens and we steam them. Um, From that first steam, um, you would chill the chips down, which really just kind of dries out the chips, like takes all the moisture out of the chips, which is a really important part of the process. Just to make sure they're fully cooked or just a bit under? Yeah, so, so I mean... It kind of like I I remember reading this once. Uh, I think it was Delia Smith actually. Shout out to Delia Smith. And uh, I remember it was like a, her recipe for roast potatoes, and she said uh, yeah, she said yeah, yeah. boil them as far as you dare. And I think that's a really good like way of looking at it. Like the more you boil them, when you chuff them, so yeah. chuffing is like getting them in like a colander or in a shaking tray, them shaking them up. And what it does is it roughs up all of the edges. Oh. And the more roughed up edges you have, the more scope there is to crisp up them chips. Yeah. So so from there, you would we'd refrigerate them, we'd dry them overnight, then they come back out. Um, we, you fry them at about 140 degrees, so that's kind of your first fry. Yeah. And again, you kind of end up with like, or you end up with quite like a pale-looking chip, and that kind of gets them ready for the final fry. 
So again, ideally, you'd put them back into the fridge, you dry them out, you take them out for the final cook, which is essentially during service, and you'd be at like 180, 190 degrees for the fryer, and you just pop them in until they're golden brown. Yeah. And, you know, what you're really looking for is like a really crispy exterior mm. and a really fluffy interior. And then from that point, a bit of a shake with salt, a bit of a spray of uh, malt vinegar, just so you, okay, just you, so you cheeky get so and so, nice. Just so you get that smell when they come through the restaurant. You're like, ah, yes. levels, people, <laughs> levels. Like We're giving all the secrets away now. Us. Yeah, this is why um, people tune into the podcast. They want to learn something, man. Spray your vinegar. Yeah, Justin, What's we're going to finesse this and we figure out how to do well, the triple cook quadruple cook chips. I agree. Let's go. <laughs> Let's take it further. We're not here to play games, you know. <laughs> Serious, like what? What? what I'm just black chuck. <laughs> That's a quadruple chip. That's a chip. Burn. <laughs> we should have stopped at three. What else is on the menu at Hawksmoor that people can, can enjoy? Well, I mean, I've eaten a lot of beef over the years, so I'm, I'm, I eat a lot of fish now, actually. Yeah. So that's like been a been a big focus for us. Uh, when we opened uh, Air Street five years ago, um, we really focused on uh, on fish and seafood. Okay. So we got a guy called Mitch Tonks involved, who's like a real like seafood and fish expert. He's got an amazing restaurant called the Seahorse in Dartmouth. Uh, he's written loads of books. He's got a great bunch of restaurants called Rockfish. Um, and he like really kind of introduced us to the world of fish and seafood. Uh, he's based down in, in Brixham, actually, he lives. Uh, and in Brixham, there's the most amazing uh, fish market. Um, it's where, you know, some of the best fish is landed in the UK. Yeah. Um, and we buy direct from that market. Um, so rather than kind of having a middleman or buying from a wholesaler, just going in direct. Exactly. So you know the the guy we buy from down there, a guy called Nigel. Go on, Nigel. <laughs> Go on, Nigel. You got to have um, a Nigel in the camera. You got to have is, a Nigel. You got to have a given and a rich Tonks. <laughs> he is. He's a proper. He's a proper cad as well. Yeah. Uh, and he just like you know he chooses chooses our seafood at the market. You know, and it just it just comes comes straight to us every single day so oh, you know we get the freshest seafood available in london um i kind of remember like back in probably 2007 um you know the talk of putting a burger on the menu <laughs> it was like 12 <laughs> tense, months 12 tense. months of like research you know we were tasting like buns from like you know loads and loads of different suppliers we're tasting pickles from loads of different suppliers, trying different grinds on the meat, different like cuts in the grinds. Um, we found like the perfect, uh, the perfect mix, and then we threw some bone marrow into it. Cool. As well. Yeah, yeah, why not? In it, was just living lavish so, shit in there. <laughs> so we take like throw some gold frankincense and myrrh in there while you're at it. Yeah? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I could ask so many questions. I think we could we could roll this on forever. I am a massive fan of the cookbook as well. Yes, I, um, that cookbook is hard. I have been told that I need to ask you about the cookbook. Um, is there another one in the pipeline cometh? So there's no plans. So we've got two cookbooks out. It's, I mean, it's a massive load of work that goes into those cookbooks. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of research, just a massive amount of like trying recipes out. 
you know, it's a great source of creativity for us. It's as well. amazing. I've got the great ones. Um, the first one. That's the first one. Yeah, yeah Hawksmoor yeah, Home. Um, and then the second one, Recipes and Restaurants, was more about kind of giving people a flavour of like, you know, what it's like to, you know, how the Hawksmoor restaurants run. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we did loads of interviews with uh, with chefs and with waiters in the restaurants. Um, there's stuff about cocktails in there. Um, but in terms of another book, possibly, I think yeah. like it, it's definitely coming. I think like the most logical time that we would do another book is uh, is when we launch our restaurant in uh, New York. Okay. Um, uh, okay, so what, what, what are the plans? What's the time frame? Are we there? Are we close? Is it coming? Are well, we coming? I've been I've been saying it's close for about four and a half years now. Nice. I'm kind of everyone's getting a bit bored of that now, but we you know we we got a we got a, someone emailed us like four and a half years ago and and said you know are you interested in opening a restaurant in New York? Um, it was someone who worked. Um, for the World Trade Center development. So there's mm-hmm. a massive okay. development happening in, in downtown Manhattan. I've been, um, I, I went there recently. It's, okay. it's amazing down there. Yeah, it's yeah, incredible. So you know, yeah. They've spent like, oh, it's like 20 billion or something on the, on the development. Um, and they really kind of, you know, sort of pitched to us and, you know, they wanted us to go in as the flagship restaurant in the World Trade Center development. Sick. Wow. And... Wow. The, and it was obviously like, you know, it was seriously exciting. And yeah, we, we got quite far down the road with that site. Um, and actually, like, for one reason or another, it ended up getting really delayed. Um, and we we moved from that site and found another site um, just near Gramercy Park. It's on, like, East East 22nd and Park Avenue South. Um, and we we lucked out big time. You know, we've just found, like the most incredible site if you've ever been to a Hawksmoor um, they're all in like beautiful heritage buildings and yeah. we really we fit we design them really sympathetically um, and kind of they have like a real timeless sort of vibe 100% and one of the big challenges with the World Trade Center was that it was a glass box and we've never done something like that before um, but the new site we found is uh, it was an old like United Charities building it's just like a real historical hidden gem in New York. Wow. That's just an incredibly rare find. Um, so we, we lucked out massively. And now I think we found like the perfect space for Hawksmoor in New York. Um, and we are, the builders started about two weeks ago. Okay. All right. So so it's on. It's, it's definitely on, on yeah. now. It's getting serious. It's, it's, it's getting serious. Um, and they're due to finish um, at the kind of middle of September um, and then they'll give us the kitchen back and we've got a whole load of work to do like finalising menus and all that kind of stuff. So is that going to be British beef in America or American beef in America? No, like? so I mean, the you know, the we, wherever we go, like we've opened restaurants in Manchester and Edinburgh, obviously not, not the same scale as going to New York, but we're all always really sensitive to the locality. We yeah, want yeah, every absolutely. restaurant to feel local to the area it is. You know, I kind of remember with Manchester and Edinburgh, you know, what we didn't want was for everyone, for the locals to feel like these guys are coming up from London. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we're really sensitive to that. And it's the same with New York. And the exciting thing with New York mm-hmm. is, you know, we're not doing... 
British beef. We're not doing the British restaurant thing. You know, we want to create an amazing New York steakhouse that just happens to be British. Yeah. Um, cool. But, you know, the cool thing is just kind of the States is massive. For real. <laughs> and, yeah. just, and going over there with, like, the remit of finding the best beef in America Whoa. has been has just been amazing. Like, it's taken us to, like, all over the States. Obviously, we're trying to do something take our values from the UK with how we think animals should be raised and what we think produces great beef. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not judging, you know, what, what, um, what US beef is like. We're just kind of going over with what we think produces great beef and, and stick into that really. So yes, it's led us down some interesting paths, but we've got some we got some guns. Yeah? You got some stuff coming. We got some stuff coming. Me personally, (laughs) I'm super excited to be heading back to Hawksmoor with a completely new view on the menu and how you guys develop everything. It's it's absolutely amazing. Um, I definitely feel there needs to be a part two to this uh, Hawksmoor Gasmart 10 podcast. But I think we're, we're slowly running out of time. So, Tim, thank you so much for coming through, sir. Indeed. Please come back again. When the New York thing is ramping up, you have to come back. Let us know. Keep us updated because, you know, you have got to take us out for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Episode three. Episode three, Gas Mart 10. You know what? Our socials are popping now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can send us what you have been doing at home and um, Chef Michael Paul will critique that. Hell out of that. So, um, <laughs> we're, we're going to work on some recipes as well for the, yeah, for the yeah, socials, right? We, yeah, should, yeah, we have do that. to do that. We definitely have. We've got some cool things coming. Like, so if you're on Twitter, jump onto our Twitter. We're at GasMark10, the way that Mark is spelt because I was trying to be smart with the design. Drop the A for Mark. Same Mark. again. Mark. <laughs> Same on Instagram, GasMark10. Drop the A for Mark. You'll see us. Uh, we may jump onto Snapchat. That's what that's what the kids are saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. I'm feeling you with them. <laughs> <laughs> and the same for Facebook. Gasmart10. Uh, you can follow us. Uh, we are at the Dixon Bros on Instagram and at Dixon Bros on Twitter. Tim Gould is still in the studio. Have you got social networks that you want to put out there? Or are you just happy just being in the kitchen? Throwing bone marrow at things. Yep, just happy being in the kitchen throwing bone marrow at things. You know? <laughs> 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 I love that. Just love just bone marrow at everything. Um, and uh, Chef, socials. Yeah, I'm also you? on Instagram, Mike Paul Chef. And, you know, I think there's a, there's a nice little network building up. If anyone's got any questions or they want to yep. throw any recipes or anything that you want to know, let's, let's, let's get it on to the next cast. Amen. Well, that's it. Gas Mark 10, episode three, season one. We are out. Peace.